Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, then all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Sunday for November 14th, 2021. Koyo here, and so very, very glad you joined us. Yes, indeed. Middle of November. Uh, I know your the climate is different according to the, your geography, but it's very nice weather here in Central California. No hot summers, and uh, it gets down to maybe uh, low 60s, high 50s at night. In the morning, it's nice and cool, and by the middle of the afternoon, maybe it's in the 70s. <laughs> so I always appreciate, you know, being, having lived in Chicago and gone to school in uh, Iowa, that Midwestern, you know, hot, humid summers and snowstorms and cold, freezing in the winter. I did live in um, Greensboro, North Carolina, which was much more temperate, and they did still have seasons, and that was pretty pleasant, you know. Once in a while, you get snow that stays on the ground, and uh, it's not really hot and humid in the summer, okay. But still, you can't beat Central California. So I never take that for granted. And the beautiful property we're on, five, six acres, wooded, can't see your neighbors. Um, they're, they're pretty close by, but there's you know so many trees and everything. There may be like about two blocks away. Um, and uh, that kind of uh, r- rural setting. My brother used to say, yeah, people, some people, they want to say, no, 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 I want to live in a high-rise apartment air condition and, you know, all the amenities, and uh, I don't want to be close to nature. Uh, so some people, you know, it depends. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Different ways, different uh, lifestyles in terms of their uh, living situation. 
But uh, this property, too, not just the, the climate and weather, but the, this physical property that Bright Dawn is on is I never take it for granted. When I'm driving, um, you know, we'll go on an errand and I'm driving home and come driving down the driveway and I said, gee, sure is nice. Okay. And in fact, um, you know, we're north of Fresno and on Highway uh, 41 and the Highway 41 between Fresno and you go north to Coarse Gold area where we are, it's about half an hour drive. And that drive is itself very scenic. It's it's not scenic in the terms of going to a national park, but um, it's just land, a pasture land. There's some cattle uh, um, grazing, and that half an hour drive between Fresno going north on Highway 41 to Corscote area, it's just uh, uh, grassland. Pastures, meadows, mountains in the background. Okay? Uh, no sign of, it's not built up. There's no houses, no stores, <laughs> you know. It's just, uh, uh, well, it's grazing land, I guess, for cattle, actually. Okay? I don't know who owns it. It must be, I assume it's privately owned, but. And some cattle are grazing, so I think that 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 the view, the scenic view, um, is probably unchanged for hundreds of years. I think if you were in a, a wagon train, okay, now Yosemite National Park—I don't know exactly how old it is, but it's been around, and it's been a scenic place for many years. And so, even a hundred years ago, I'm sure people went to Yosemite National Park uh, for a vacation site to see the scenery and everything. And if they were coming from the Fresno area and going north, uh, they would probably see this same uh, vista that I'm, I, that's, that's present now. Okay? And most of the modern highways follow the old, the old roads. Okay? The old roads where the wagon trains went, you know, that's that was the best route, okay? And uh, so I'm sure that uh, there were some wagon trains, pioneers and stuff, going from uh, north on what is now Highway 41, and it was the road to Yosemite National Park. And it gives me an interesting feeling. I, you know, I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, but to see something that's uh, beyond time in the sense that, oh, <laughs> this could be 100 years ago, and this is where the uh, wagon trains were going or the pioneers were go traveling or maybe even over that little... The, the land is not exactly flat. There are some little hills and gullies and stuff. And sometimes my imagination says, maybe there's some Indians, <laughs> you know, a uh, group of Indians hiding in that little culvert there. And, they, and, and they're watching the wagon train come and 
Then they come out and they charge and then and then a wagon train and whoa and they start whipping the thing and they start racing and the Indians are chasing them as they came out of this gully where they were hidden and uh, so forth. But anyway, uh, I wanted to mention uh, the Dharma Folker. Now, oh, I want to before I forget, you know, I always, the show was supposed to start at. 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time. But something always happens, and I technically, and I'm trying to get on blog talk and bam, bam, and, you know, I can't call, you can't call in more than 15 minutes early. It has to cut off for other callers, too. Uh, and I can't call in or set up a show until 15 minutes on the hour or the half hour. So if I miss the 8... 8 o'clock show for us, Pacific time, then it's half an hour later. So that's what happened today, and we're on at 8.30, okay, Pacific time. Um, but what are you going to do? Something goes wrong, you just got to keep going. And I had an interesting experience playing poker. Uh, one of my favorite activities, I'm not a gambler per se, I don't like to go to a casino and play against strangers and try to make money and win and gamble like that. But to play poker with your friends, it's much more of a social gathering and activity than gambling. Okay. Um, so it's the same seven, eight people. A lot of them are, you know, we're all related, either cousins or by marriage or something in the area and uh we're always joshing and kidding each other and we're always laughing and we're always loud <laughs> you, know, you know it's the only activity where you could really uh jabber and poke fun at your friends and uh it's a special kind of atmosphere um some people <laughs> but the interest my my lesson here is one of my one of the players, Earl, said to me, "Say, you know, I, just the other day, he said, you know, I noticed that when you get get a bad hand or you get beat or something, you don't complain about what happened. You just move on, okay, and you just go along and then go to the next hand, okay." And I, and I had never thought about it. A lot of the players, they really, I don't know what you want to call it, milk it when they have what's called a bad beat. Uh, poker lingo, a bad beat means you think you got a winning hand. You got a pretty good hand, but somebody else has a better hand. Okay? That's a bad beat. Okay? Now, <laughs> so, and of course, you're, you're betting. Um, and uh, uh, a lot of people said, now, Texas Hold'em, if those of you that know poker, uh, it's a special kind of poker game called Texas Hold'em, very popular, been on World Series of Poker on TV and everything. It's a special kind of poker hand. There's all different types of poker games. This is called Texas Hold'em. And you get two cards. Everybody gets two cards, okay? And then after betting, then the dealer flips up three cards in, in the center. 
and everybody could use those three cards. That's called the flop. Okay. Then after any betting, okay, or checking, if you don't want to bet, you can say check. But if somebody bets, then you either have to call that bet or you have to fold your hand. Okay. Then after that round of betting is over, then another card is turned up face up in the center. That's called the, the turn. So the flop is the first three cards all up. Then the fourth card is the turn. Then there's any betting. And then the last card, the fifth card, is called the river. And the dealer flips the river over. So you could see five cards turned up. And everybody uses those five cards with the two in their hand. Okay. And then, of course, the high, the high poker hand wins. Um, a lot of people, uh, sometimes they, they have possibilities. You know, they don't have a real good hand yet, but they got possibilities. They can see, hey, I might be able to get, okay. And then the flop comes up, and you see, oh, did I get it or not? Okay. And you want to keep up so-called poker face and all that kind of stuff, okay. And don't get too excited if you get a good hand, okay, until you have to show it, okay. Or sometimes, of course, you bluff, okay, make a big bet. Everybody says, oh, you must have something, okay. Well, is the guy bluffing or not, okay. There's a lot of psychology involved, too. The point is, this Earl said to me, you know, when you when you lose a hand or something, I noticed that you don't say much. You just nonchalant go on to the next, wait for the next hand. And I was thinking about it, and I said, oh, I guess so. Because it's in contrast to a lot of the other players, which is part of the fun, really, where they'll say, ah, oh, look at that flop. Oh, no. You know, or, or, or when they get beat, they say, God darn it. Gosh darn it, I should have did this, or ah, oh, I should have did that. Okay. They analyze it and that what happened. Sometimes, you, sometimes they're still thinking about the bad beat, and the next hand is being dealt. And hey, it's your turn to bet. What, what are you doing? Oh, I was still thinking about the last hand when I got you know beat and so forth. So, uh, this is when I was thinking about it. Maybe this is how I handle life incidents. You know, we don't, <laughs> when you win, you don't think too much of it. You're happy, you know, things go your way. But when things don't go your way, you have some expectations. Come on, I, I might be able to do this or, oh, you beat me by just one little card there, you know. I had the 10 and you had the jack, oh, you know. Uh Maybe how you play and handle de bad beats and defeats in poker reflects how you might handle life events when things don't go your way in life. And uh, someone else says, hey, hey, maybe uh, there, there, there's something about that in terms of the way you play poker is the way you handle life. I don't know, okay, but that's what was – what. Earl said, and I said, hmm, I guess, I guess so. I, I don't get all upset on a bad beat. Then, well, that's what happened. Okay? And I remember my father used to say when somebody experienced uh, 
not necessarily a life-changing bad event, but some disappointment uh, or an embarrassing situation or something like that. He would always say uh, something like, uh, you know, uh, well, it's a long life. A lot of things happen. Things don't always go according to plan. Okay. Even in uh, uh, what Christianity, I think they say man plans and God laughs. <laughs> you know, sure we have to have plans and we want to create conditions that maximize that our plans will go according to our expectations. And when they do, we're happy and satisfied and, you know. But the real aspect of life is when it doesn't go the way you expected. And there's all kind of degrees of this in terms of its seriousness, severity, okay, from the trivial in terms of playing cards and losing a hand or winning a hand, enjoying life, huh? Uh, there was an interesting saying once. I overheard it, in fact, the Buddhist minister telling somebody uh, where, the, where the person was talking about he was having disappointments in life. And the minister was saying, yeah, you know, that's rough. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's bad. Huh? I mean, you know, you got to just he says, yeah, 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 you just got to keep going, you know, or this and that. And the guy says, yeah, but, you know, it's so difficult. I, You know, their pain and frustration is so bad, you know. And the minister said, mm-hmm, yeah, you just got to, you know, deal with it. Maybe you could try this or that. And he goes, no, but this is this and this and. And it was going on like that. And then. The minister said, uh, but, you know, you can just keep going and stuff. But, he, then, but the, the man said, uh, no, but it's too hard since it, I just can't. Then the minister said, oh, wow. Don't you know the Buddha's secret of how to enjoy your suffering? And the guy <laughs> This is, he said, what? I just told you that I got all this, you know, problems and disappointments and everything. He says, well, aren't you happy? Aren't you? Then move on. No, I've just been telling you. He said, well, don't you know how to enjoy Buddhist secret or how to enjoy your suffering? That's not a Buddhist secret. That's for one thing. And enjoy your suffering is something. Is a is an odd way to say something. I don't know whether there's an adjective that you know uh, describes the use of language. You know, like jumbo shrimp or whatever. The <laughs> uh, enjoy your suffering. Now, maybe enjoy is the wrong word, but it's it's a, sort of a bold, dramatic, sudden kind of a statement that stops you. How can you enjoy suffering? You know? Um, how can you handle disappointments and so forth? 
this is what the philosophies, religions, and everything is all about in therapy. Huh? This is what life is about. How do you handle your disappointments from small everyday ones to the big ones? You know, loss of a loved one, your own health problems, your own impending mortalities or whatnot, lose your job, get in a serious accident, lose, you know, uh, some bad beats, boy. There's some bad beats. And, uh, uh, in Buddhism, you know, there's no idol worship. There's no petitionary prayer. Huh? Uh, uh, and Buddhism is getting a little, um, you know, I think it's getting mainstream where you get some celebrities that are interested in Buddhism where, and of course, from the Dalai Lama and Thich Nhat Hanh and, you know, uh, uh, the place of a religion in America where there's a multiplicity and diversity, plurality of religions. Okay, some nations, countries are predominantly a particular religion. Now, of course, America probably in a majority Christian, okay, and Jewish, and uh, interfaith work used to be uh, uh, Catholics, Protestants, and Jews. <laughs> that was it. But now we go from uh, Baha'i to Zoroastrian, and America's a fantastic place for plurality. And how does a my so-called minority religion exists, okay? Um, how do... I remember one time I received a call uh, some years ago, but I, the phone rang. It was like a Monday or something, Tuesday, some weekday in the morning. It was quiet. I was the only one there. And, and it was a radio show. It was a famous local radio show. And uh, he said, this is so-and-so, and this is this show, and we have a question. Is this the, you know, uh, the Buddhist center? I said, yes. Well, we had a, a conversation with a caller, and he was saying that he noticed that he went to, <laughs> he went to Las Vegas, and uh, some some Asian people, had an altar and they were putting fruit and cake and cookies in, in front of the Buddhist statue. And maybe they were praying that they're going to have good luck when they go to the casino. Uh, what, what, what is the meaning of, you know, those offerings? Do they expect, you know, the idol to, what, what's going on? And so I was saying, well, you know, uh, trying to explain things and uh and we we're kind of you know this show was known for being kind of not irreverent but talk show you know and he goes hey we looked up we didn't know who to call for this question that we heard about so we looked in the yellow pages and you know that your buddhist place is listed after buddy's liquor <laughs> you know we laughed and so forth then he goes well hey you didn't talk about the fruits and the nuts and everything, you know. Oh, you better tell us about the, what that means. And I said, well, just take it easy. 
You know, those things are dessert. They come later. And, you know, I was able to josh around with them. And, uh, and in fact, the guy said, hey, who is this? You know, I guess they had the stereotype at that time of maybe, a, you know, Buddhism being, well, it must be some Asian with a heavy accent, or maybe they don't even understand English if you call them up. Okay. But here I was, just an ordinary guy, joshing, kidding back with them and everything. And I said, no. So I explained what the offerings were about. And they said, oh, I sort of like uh, bring something to the party when you go. don't come empty-handed. I said, yeah, that's right. It's, it's showing respect. It's showing gratitude. Okay. It's not that the, there's no idol worship. Okay. They don't expect to say, well, what happens to those offerings? Well, the family eats it <laughs> later. Okay. But it's just a show of gratitude and respect and so forth, okay? And so we talked about it, and we had a good time. Uh, so I think that uh, this kind of lot of things happen, you just keep moving on. And uh, I was really struck by Earl's comment the last time we played poker, and he says, yeah, you know, when you get a bad beat, yeah, you <laughs> You just, you don't show any real strong negative emotion. You just, you know, you just accept it and you move on, okay? And uh, it's okay to express the bad emotions. You know, some guys say, dog, darn it, that's a bad turn. Oh, I'm looking for the river. Oh, no, you know. And, and <laughs> uh, some guy that's a winner, and, you know, he's got a lot of chips in front of him, so, you know, he's winning, okay? And, uh, you know, in Japanese, uh, there's a term called kanemochi, which means a rich person. And it's not a bad word, not a good word. It's just a regular word, descriptive word. Oh, kanemochi, he has a lot of money. He's a rich person, okay? But when you say that in a poker game like this, let's say, hey, whose turn is it? Ah, it's kanemochi's turn. You know, with that little tone of voice like, ah, the rich man, he's counting all his money and he's not paying attention, and he doesn't go on, do it, take his turn in the right way. He's late. We got to remind him, hey, it's your turn. Okay? Stop counting, count your money on your own time. You, you gotta, you're you supposed to be dealing or something like this. So that kind of banter is a tremendous lesson, I feel, for life in general. I love that part of poker. And that's all for today's broadcast. Until the next game, hey, hey, keep going. And you have a beautiful day. Thank you.